0: Hey, devs, and welcome to the Debug Log episode 63. This week, we'll be taking a look at what makes a game a classic, and to help us out with that, we'll have our buddies from the Sneibert Show, Greg Anderson and William DePardo, uh, talk to us about that. We'll be going over such subject matters as what makes a game a classic, do sequels of a classic have any impact on the classic itself? And looking into their crystal ball and seeing if maybe we can predict some future classics. Uh, as well as go over Will and uh, Greg's uh, choice of classic games and why they think they're classics. So sit back and let's enjoy a classical episode of the debug log. Thanks.
1: Also, I'll try to be good on my mutes, but uh, I do have two cats, and they may decide that they want to interfere at some point that's with fun. recording. So if you hear me swearing <laughs> under my breath and then my audio cuts out, that's me quickly muting and throwing the kitten off my lap and saying something like "Stop clawing me, you asshole!" Or
0: yeah, I like I like Nixie like in the, the bedroom. I'm just like I'm not putting up with it. I
2: thought you said you liked her in the bedroom as well. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa!
0: Well, I do like her in the bedroom. The boudoir <laughs>
2: Welcome back to another episode of the debug log this is episode 63 where we're doing a retro review about what makes a game a classic and today we have a couple of great guests guests that we've had on the show before friends of the podcast and that is Will Depardo and Greg Anderson so welcome back to the show guys
3: how's it going Cool.
2: Hey, guys. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And Ryan, of course. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, like I said, uh, this episode is all about like, you know, what makes a game a classic? What makes a video game a classic game? Um, Like what, I guess, so we're just going to, you know, talk about that, talk about games we played in the past that we think are classics games that we think are no longer classics that maybe you know i guess the gaming industry or the gaming community thinks are classics and why we don't think they're quite classics so we're going to just tackle all that discuss that just a general conversation about our thoughts so yeah uh, you want to let you just jump right into it i guess <laughs> and talk about um you know what literally makes a game a classic is it is it literally just because the game is old or does it have to be loved by many? You know, what are what are your thoughts, uh, Greg, about what makes a game a classic? He's probably with his cat. I yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm imagining him, him just like pinned to the ground looking for help. <laughs> two kittens on top of him. Like,
1: yeah, you're not going anywhere. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 Uh, in terms of what makes a game a classic, probably it doesn't surprise anybody I broke this down into some criteria, but I think there's three main ones that need to be considered, which is, one, um, did it actually have a, a noticeable impact when it was released, right? Like, so, when the game came out, did it mean something? Because you could call a lot of things classics, but retrospectively like uh evil dead right it's a classic now but when it came out nobody cared right it was it was a very low budget like b horror movie it gained following later so Mm -hmm. i think that it has to achieve that status with initial impact also i think it has to have like lasting impact like it would be it has to be something that i would give somebody today to tell them like if i met a space alien and like hey you know they asked me what is a video game or like what are some great video games to figure out earth culture um i don't know that'd be the the best way to show it but at the same time uh, i would think like these are the games i'd want somebody who'd never played a video game before to play and then third uh, and finally what makes it a classic is that even if you enjoyed it as a kid you have to be able to find some enjoyment in it now and this one's more personal it's hard to say what anybody likes or doesn't like mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna tell will what he likes but that's just because that's what i do and <laughs> yeah, <of course>. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's what you do <laughs> But I mean other than that um those are my main three criteria. So it, it's about it's about like what it did when it came out and what it's done since then. I'm not just talking sales because I don't think that's a great indicator but mm-hmm. overall having like an impact, having a lot of meaning like um having influence on future game developments. That's all stuff that happens when it comes out and a lasting legacy.
2: Gotcha. Cool. So it's like it has to be like innovative, it has to have le- legacy behind it and it has to be I guess, enjoyable for the time, uh, Ryan and, and will, do you guys agree with that? Or you, you think there's more to it than that? Or what's your, um, thought,
3: I think there's, I think that's pretty accurate, honestly. Like, uh, there's a lot uh, of other things to consider in my mind, but if you're going for like three main tenants of it, mm-hmm. those are pretty concise. I think the only thing that I would definitely say is, um, there's a point to where does this capture kind of like that time in the industry? So, for instance, you look at game like uh, uh, The First Legend of Zelda. You know, that was – that along with like Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, all those mm-hmm. really classical Nintendo games, those were like a pinnacle-changing moment of the industry. It was no longer this, you know – a wild west everyone for themselves kind of mentality now there was structure to the industry a little bit and there was strive to actually kind of create that market to be really stable um and that's not just the only milestone obviously of any of the industry at all so you know any game that kind of captures that time period i think also might qualify a little bit
2: gotcha Cool. So, like, okay, so I, I agree with you guys, what you guys are saying. It's like that generation has to have a hold on the generation that it's released in, I guess, or created in. Um, but, you guys, I don't think anyone has touched on, like, does a classic game need to be loved, like, universally loved by the players? Does it need to be something that, like, everyone looks at and says, this was just a great, fun game to play? Or is it really just about, like, it has to be innovative? It has to be, you know... I guess or like like Greg mentioned like it has to sell really well or you know does it have to be loved in the sense that you know just a lot of people just generally always said this was just a great game during that time period um, or can it, or can it be not loved and still be a classic
0: Well I guess you know yeah I think you know going back to the whole definition of a classic it's like I feel like you can mix and match some components and maybe get something out of it. I don't know, like, we mentioned Zelda, and the first Zelda definitely fit in that time period. You know, a very nostalgic feel for me as a kid, playing that, like, one of my first adventure games. And, you know, it had, you know, the overhead, you know, sort of tile-based graphics, and, you know, it it was was a lot of fun to go around slaying enemies. But then Zelda 2 comes out. Uh, with a lot of revolutionary <laughs> tech, actually, or like ways of looking at it. It's almost that sort of Final Fantasy run around, get an encounter, go side scrolling. And that one just you kind of, you know, fell flat, even though it had some good and interesting ideas on how to change up that same universe that was so beloved. It, like, nobody, I don't hear anyone tell me, like, oh yeah, Zelda 2, that one's my favorite. You know, that one was rad. So mm. I, I think a lot of different things kind of go into that.
2: Cool. Um, so another question I guess that I have for you guys. And, and that is like for classic games, uh, I will mention like duck hunt, you know, super Mario brothers is uh, legend of Zelda. And those like all came around around the same time. So my question is like, can there be, I, well, I, obviously there can be, but why is there the ability to have so many classics? Um, maybe even like around the same genre or same playstyle or game game type. Um, uh, How can there be so many classics at the same time for a generation? I guess, or actually,
0: actually, that just brought to mind something that I don't know if we've mentioned yet. But there's, there's also, I guess, the creators of these things. Like it's almost like you know, hit movie makers. Because a lot of the reasons some of the you know, like Zelda and Mario Brothers and things like that was Miyamoto. I mean, it's like you know, he created all those during that time. He just was like kind of a. A genius that sort of fed that market at that time so. yeah absolutely yeah
2: cool so it almost could it almost work like how the movie industry works where you know sometimes just the who's writing the story or who's producing or who's directing it actually sells the movie or sells the film more so than the actual content of the film or the actor that's in it Is i that think that's that's
1: absolutely absolutely something that can happen uh i can't remember the guy's name right now which makes me a bad gamer who's the guy who made silent hill
0: Kojima? Uh, no, that's wrong. No, that's, uh, yeah.
1: Oh, no, that's actually who I am thinking of. Sorry, Kojima. Metal Gear Solid, not Silent Hill, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, you put his name on anything. Like, remember that trailer that came out last year's E3 that literally showed nothing? It was some black oil, and everyone was like, yeah. oh, my God, exactly. a Kojima game, a term, right? Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> it, the names do mean something. I think actually comparing it to movies in that way is, like, is spot on, because who's behind it? Like, Sid Meier's Civilization. Sid Meier hasn't worked on those games since probably, like, 2000. <laughs> (laughs) Three, but Mm -hmm. his name is plastered right on there because that name
3: means something, yeah. Yeah, is it still on there? Yeah, really? Wow, yeah, even Civ 6, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking for the box right now, I'm like 99%. (laughs) Yeah, it still says it right on the box and everything.
2: Wow, cool. So, so you guys mentioned uh, you guys mentioned Legend of Zelda or Legend or Zelda 2, Doom. We've mentioned you know a lot of games that are even Halo and stuff that have come out and had sequels to them. Um, and I'm curious uh, whether we think or whether you guys think sequels have like a detrimental effect to a classic or you know or if that sequels don't really affect whether a game like The Legend of Zelda or uh, Super Mario Brother affects like the potential for a game being a classic
3: oh I think that's absolutely the case I mean Ryan mentioned Zelda 2 there and honestly if Zelda 3 had followed suit with that style, I don't think we would care at all about Legend of Zelda anymore.
2: Hmm.
3: You know, Thankfully, the next game came out and kind of went back to basics a little bit and was very much different than uh, Zelda 2, so we got lucky in that respect. But, I mean, a good one to look at is the Metroid series. So, you know, they had some good sequels, but there's one game, uh, I can't remember, is it Metroid Prime? Yeah. Um, yeah
0: and that it, is one of the no, games that was a good one yeah. that was a good one there was a
3: bad one it was like a first person 3D platformer and it just did not work at all Ooh, and yeah. I feel like that has actually had an impact on that franchise in general I mean people now even question whether or not we're ever going to see another Metroid game
0: hmm. yeah I mean oh. I think it can it, like all those sort of like failures or wounds just ends up numbing the player at some point you know because like, or even if they're not complete failures, because you look at, like, the Call of Duty series, or, like, you know, and all the modern Warfares, it's like, you know, are those, like, standalone, if you looked at them, good games? Yeah, they're pretty good games, but it's like, you're, you you basically keep repainting the same experience over and over, and I just kind of stopped caring. like, the latest one, Infinite Warfare, I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. Like, one kind of pulled me back in, because it went back to sort of that old old Warfare type of thing, yeah. um, but, you, you know, so, and, yeah, in the end, I just... You know, I, I think you can get away with some sequels, like, helping you out, like, say, Half-Life and Half-Life 2, mm-hmm. but, you know, you've you've got to be spot on, and you've got to really be thinking about, you know, what you're going to do with that game to keep up that, like, constant level, you know, of so just great output.
2: Quick quick question to follow up with both your and Will's comment about, uh, you know, the, the sequels having an effect. So if, if that's the case, it kind of seems like we've kind of, in a sense, taken a step back on our definition of what a classic game is so is a classic game you know franchise defined or is it title defined because if it's title defined which which we've kind of you know been leaning towards then the way we've described what a classic what it takes to be a classic we've kind of you know taken a step back and saying that
1: so i'll do i'll jump in on this one even though mm -hmm. i didn't even say anything on that um Mm -hmm. basically my thought would be you can't just hold it uh, hold one franchise hostage based on its bad games like it can do damage for sure but uh, Mm -hmm. Godfather 3 sucked right but Godfather 1 and 2 are American Mm -hmm. film classics much the same way like Final Fantasy X2 is hot garbage but nobody would hate on Final (laughs) Fantasy 6 or 7 so I mean like those games are classics in and of their own right like if you want to rank the series as overall as classic hood right then like i mean that's a lot tougher especially now with final fantasy i don't know how many like re releases and relaunches and mobile versions of everything there are like i lost track but i mean it, like That's not, like, if we're just narrowing down a specific game, like, I don't think the sequels themselves have an effect on the game before them. If anything, you should say that, like, the first game of the series potentially had a positive effect on the next game. So Mm -hmm. if you look at Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2, Mm -hmm. I love Assassin's Creed 1, but 2 was clearly the better game, right? And if I were to pick one out of that franchise to be the quote-unquote classic, it's definitely 2. I don't even like Ezio. Okay. But
2: like, those were good games, yeah. They were good cool. games, yeah. Well, that's actually a good point to make. So, a, fr- a classic doesn't have to start with the originator of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool. And so, I think
3: at well, the end, too, it's, it's, it is kind of a case by case thing. Like, I think Greg is right that you can't, you know, for some games, clearly there's no way that like a predecessor could <clears throat> uh, make the first one be held accountable for its mistakes. But I think there are some franchises that, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, this game was pretty good. Let's look at the next one. Oh, this one was garbage. And it's not so much you look at the last one was like, man, that's a good pristine classic. But you more look at more like, oh, they got lucky with that one.
1: <laughs> what i mean like let's take zelda for a great example since we've talked about it a bunch right like if you look over how many different zelda games there are and how many different platforms they have been released on and the different styles they've taken on like how many truly great zelda games are there but because yeah. by my count there's four but there's way more than four zelda games in the series even if you're being generous the most diehard fans would say probably like eight great zelda games right but nobody's defending like the phillips laser CDI versions, right? No one's going back and saying that Zelda Two was an amazing game. We just bashed on it for being not good. So I mean, like, we can't hold a whole entire <laughs> yeah. franchise accountable for these sins. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm no, I'm no Zelda fanboy. Like, I actually don't like Zelda games in general. But even I will give them. There's four great ones.
2: Cool. Uh, so speaking of like the multitude of of uh, games that come out and under a franchise, I, I was curious. Like, I feel like me personally, I sometimes have a habit of pushing this quote unquote classic status uh off of sequels because they came you know they were they came next you know it's not because they're necessarily a worse game um or maybe we just held it to a higher standard because we did have that first you know iteration just like we do with movies like oh Lion King two sucks. Well, this is <laughs> sorry. I okay, had to go we'll go for... this direction. All right. <laughs> I want the Disney uh, animation side. Yeah. But, you know, you just go like I like Ariel.
3: Suck. She was good. Yeah. For me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mermaid two was su- sorry, but I mean, you know, do we do that because we just have this perception? We have this initial perception of what the good, you know, version of this franchise is, and then we kind of negate the fact of how maybe feature-rich or, you know, how better the story might have been or how functionally better this game played because we've seen its predecessor.
0: Actually, yeah, the more more we talk about this, the more I just lean toward, you know, what Greg's been saying because, I mean, like the franchise can just be like, you know, sort of your indicator, you know, like, oh, which way is the wind blowing? It's coming, you know, it's coming from these people. So I'll give it a closer look because like, You know, Red Dead Redemption was hardly on my radar. Like, I never played Red Dead Revolver. I just heard nothing about it. It may have been a fine game, but it wasn't, like, this crazy success like Red Dead Redemption was. But now that Rockstar's done that and I've seen what they can do with that, uh, like, am I looking forward to the sequel this year? Hell yeah. You know, so, you know, I think that sort of helps make it a classic and helps, like, guide you and give... Again, it's sort of a component system where that can maybe help out. But in the end, it's like, just because it's part of that doesn't necessarily make it a classic. Yeah,
3: I think that's fair. Yeah.
2: Cool. So I guess uh, that that's kind of the, the main points I wanted to talk about, is just like, what defines a classic. And I think we've kind of narrowed it down. We've got a big nugget we can leave our listeners with, which is basically... Actually, the...
0: I, sorry, I want to jump in on one more. Like I, mm-hmm. I like the technical stuff, but like, you know... I. Do you guys, can you think of a game that, like, you know, sort of had a, I mean, there's a f- few of them, I guess, but, uh, like, a technical aspect that it wasn't, like, a very good, say, full game, but the technology, like, because there's Quake, right? So, that, I would consider that a classic just because, like, the 3D graphics, the networking, mm-hmm. all that stuff, but yeah. really, the game itself is pretty blah I mean, it's good, fun, run-and-gun stuff, but can you guys think of anything else where it's like, oh, yeah, the tech was great, and... Could you consider a game a classic just for the tech? I think and so. I think
2: that's part of what, I think Will mentioned this, just the, the innovation, or maybe Greg did, innovation of the game is in part what makes it uh, a classic. Like innovation for its time. So if it, in the generation that it's come in and it's really innovative uh, and it does something new that for the industry or for a creative studio or for the publisher, if it does, it has an impact on society in a way that you know is innovative. And I think that, Almost makes it a classic instantly. So, um,
0: so would you consider Pokemon Go? Like, do you think that'll be a classic down the road? Or? See,
2: that, yeah, that's actually uh, uh, that's uh, tough. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's actually really a point hard. I made, and I think I think it is. I think it will be become a, a classic because it, it kind of is innovative in the sense, and, and I think I, I mentioned this in our, I wrote this down in our outline. But there's several criteria that which we sort of judge games in general, or even movies, but. You know, some of them is like the narrative, you know, how engrossed you become in the play, the overall enjoyment, uh, and social... Well, so, okay, so could...
3: so there's, there's, this there's an issue here, though, immediately, actually. So, Pokemon Go, I don't know that you can call it classic based on tech, because that tech was pulled from a different game, was pulled from Ingress.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't so think my... you would
3: ever say Ingress could be a classic game. That game's not very good, to be honest.
2: That's true, but then you're also coming from the same <laughs> developer, point. but then... The part about Ingress and Pokemon Go, the difference there is the social connectivity, which was not necessarily innovative as far as tech, but they did something as far as connecting people socially that haven't really hasn't really been done before, and to the extent that they did it, so I think that's what makes them, uh, you know, very potential. And I think we're going to get, I'm going to definitely get into this a little later, just how the ability or inability for us to even you know assess what could be a future classic we can talk about that in a little bit okay. uh but yeah but just social connectivity i think that's what pokemon go did that not a lot of other games have really done and to the effectiveness that they did it so that's There's why I... go ahead sorry
1: off. but uh, I just want to piggyback on, on Ryan's point real quick, too, about the the tech specifically. Like, I don't think just the technology is enough to make a game a classic, because games like Frets on Fire or uh, Guitar Freaks, which were, you know, the predecessors to massive hits like Guitar Hero, etc., like, while they get, like, relatively positive reviews, like, also very few people have actually played them, and You almost you almost get in the danger zone of like it's good if you haven't heard of it, which I think is is a ridiculous statement to make, you know. But that's something that happens a lot in the music scene and the indie film scene. It's like oh, the more underground, the more like obscure it is, the better. I don't think that alone qualifies something as a classic. It should be something that's part of the criteria, maybe. But
2: that's true. You know, like
1: I I think because like otherwise, like what's the very very for like track and field? Is that a classic? Because it used a pad that's similar yard
2: dance pad. Oh, that is true. (laughs) That was amazing. Yeah. I miss it. That's crazy. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, like to to Greg's point. I think it, it kind of has to. The game has to leverage that criteria that we mentioned. The list of criteria, which is, um, I, I'll just go list them right now. Which is usability and playability. Uh, the narrative is number two. Play engrossment, enjoyment, creative freedom, audio aesthetics, personal gratification, social connectivity, and visual aesthetics. So those are like all the pieces to the you know quote unquote puzzle. That I feel like a game or a classic game has to at least leverage to some greater degree than it, its, uh, I guess, competition during that generation.
0: Yeah. Actually, a quick question for Greg: That what was it? Frets on Fire? Like yeah. Did they actually have licensed music for that? Like, could I get, you know, Metallica or like Mastodon or something on there? Or was it just like um, bullshit they Fire, made up? I don't
1: think you could. Guitar Freaks might have had licensed music, but I really doubt it because that game is really old. Neither But did. Frets on Fire. I'm pretty sure was like open source and like one of those uh, indie like. Uh, Game Jam winners. So I'm I'm pretty sure it actually came out like right at the same time as uh, Guitar Hero did. So it probably got sued into oblivion. Uh, I'd Google it right now, but I I just don't want
3: to. I think it actually came out like a couple years before uh, Guitar Hero came out. Okay. Yeah, and I don't think... I'm pretty sure I remember neither of those games actually had any licensed music. i being lazy. Frets on fire. Well.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you don't want to sit there and play, like act like you're a rock star with shit you've never even heard of yourself. Yeah. It doesn't feel very gratifying. You know?
3: Man, I'm wondering if that's the... Re- well, okay, this is a total different discussion. Anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what were you going to say,
3: though? Uh, just... Could those games have been successful? Could uh, Guitar Hero or Rock Band have been successful without using licensed music? Oh
2: yeah. yeah.
3: Because if you look at Guitar Freaks and you look at uh, the other one, I can't remember his name; it's already gone. Uh, <laughs> what like what was it about the design that didn't really click with people in those games? Because you know, looking at guitar, the way Guitar Hero was set up, or Rock Band was set up. It was very streamlined, easy to jump into, quick to learn. I don't think I would ever describe uh, Guitar Freak that way. Guitar Freak was a pain in the ass to figure out. It didn't work as well as it probably should have. However, if you kind of got used to certain aspects of the game, you could be really good at it. Right on. Yeah, and,
2: so
0: yeah, that
3: kind of failed the usability
0: yeah. criteria.
2: Yeah, and I think I think that's what kind of happens with innovation in general. Like even outside of games, like even when we we talk about like uh, there's been companies that done things like Uber and ta- you know the taxi system or the self serve taxi or even like Airbnb before these big name companies grew you know g- gained this following. So it's just like the time that they come out, you know how usable it is, how safe it may be, or how the perception of safe. And, you know, like this perception of, you know, riding in someone else's car, you know, 10 years ago may have not been the case. But now it's like, oh, that's that's perfectly fine. So I think it's just the time and generation when these games came out. See, Uh, actually,
3: now I I hate to keep dragging this one part of the whole discussion out. But now I'm wondering, too, about uh, something like, um, oh, God, it just left me. I had the thought and it's gone.
2: (laughs) What was it like?
0: Like Like, what did it look like? How did it play? Were you, are, you talk, are, you, are you trying to come up with a game
3: name, or? No, it wasn't a game name. It was a oh, thought, yeah. a total thought I had, and now it's gone.
2: So you interrupted me for nothing. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> did. No, Go just, swim
3: in your
1: bowl,
0: goldfish. Come on.
2: Uh, well, hopefully, it comes back to you because I mean, I feel like this is a good conversation anyway. Uh, but I guess maybe as as it comes back to you, I wanna, what I wanted to swap to was uh, actually the purpose behind all this. But I didn't even give you guys background on how this episode came about is that's because you know greg and will came to me and said hey you know it'd be a really cool episode is if we go back and play old games that we think are classics and then review them so that's what kind of what we want to do now is just do our little retro review review Uh, greg and will both played a lot of games in the you know some past games that we've considered classics uh and i just want to you know open you guys open that up for you guys to talk about one of the games or two of the games that you guys played uh, in the past and we'll see, like, dissect it I guess if you will
1: okay. all you want right. to
2: go first Greg or
1: uh, oh yeah sure um, so the first one I took on was <laughs> was one I was pretty sure I was going to stay on the test of time anyway but I just wanted to excuse to play it again that was Chrono Trigger <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chrono Trigger is actually like my favorite game of all time and honestly like um, I know a lot of hype goes to like the multiple ending thing and that's really really cool because like that's what lets you uh, keep replaying the game and makes 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 a game have any replay, like, value past the first time you beat it, which is something I feel a lot of RPGs at that time didn't really have. Mm-hmm. Um, I never felt the need to go back and play, like, Lufia 2 again, you know? I was like, oh, I beat it, I know the story. Um, whereas, like, Chrono Trigger, there's clearly a lot of effort put into making those different endings, and it was a, a huge experiment to take. Um, I think I read that there were multiple endings in a GamePro somewhere, which is dates how old I am, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I think what really makes it stand out is it takes like the traditional formula of the JRPG at that time with the four button controller that was the SNES and it adds in a ton of different possibilities and combos and it makes it so that barring you trying to do a speed run or anything like that there's no party comp that that sucks because you have the triple attacks, you have the double combo attacks, you have the triple ults, all that stuff whereas in other JRPGs there are clearly better Combinations per boss, right? You you level up. Um, what's that? Name? Dang, why can't I think of her name from Final Fantasy VII? The lady with the giant, uh, or the little girl with the giant cat toy. Uh, what was her name? No, uh, either yeah, way. One of them. But yeah, like, either way, she she was not, like, an optimal character in my experience, right? So you would never level her up. She'd always just sit at home. Whereas with, with Chrono Trigger, they always made you, like, oh, do I want to level, like, do I actually want to focus on Chrono? Maybe I should just get Magus and beat the game without Chrono. Maybe I should focus on doing Frog's Ending, right? And, like, this encourages you to build your party in different ways. So even if you're playing the exact same game the exact same way, you might decide this time, like, ah, oh, this is going to be, like, the Robo and Merle playthrough, and I don't need the rest of these characters. Like, I'm just going to focus on these two. So, yes, so, it holds up. I, I consider it to still be a classic, and, uh, yeah, I'm willing to fight over it, so let's do
2: this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, one thing you definitely, uh, like, touched on was just the play engrossment and the enjoyment and the narrative of, and that playability and usability, just being able to do that over and over and over again. As far as, like, the other, I guess, quote-unquote criteria for classic games, yeah. do you think it, it holds true to, like, social connectivity, visual aesthetics, I guess, for the time, and I guess personal gratification is more of a... a relative
1: thing but well yeah personal gratification yeah I do realize some of the endings are clearly like joke endings like when you beat the game with uh, like um, the cave lady who's again name escapes me man I'm I'm bad at this right now but um,
0: your favorite game <laughs> yeah I know
1: I I just can't remember her name right now but like you go back in time and it's just like a, a reptile species and you're kind of like oh okay like this is just some sort of weird joke ending it doesn't really wrap up the story per se so like there's still like enjoyment in seeing those like silly little things even though I know that that's what's going to happen Um, there's also, you know, in terms of social connectivity, I mean, we're talking about a Super Nintendo game, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, because I remember telling my brother, no, you can't play, and so,
2: that was, that
1: that was, that was my interaction, or, uh, my friend Brian and I, back in the day, would used to, we'd sit there, and, like, uh, whenever one of us would lose, like, we'd swap, like, then it would be his turn to play, and then be my turn to play, Uh, and then, like, we would get real mad at each other if, like, we got on a hot streak, because, you know, like, it'd be, like, 45, 50 minutes before, like, one of us actually lost a fight and the other one would be getting all antsy and trying to fuck with them. So, you know, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I yanked his controller a few times just to be like, no, like you're going to die. So it's my turn. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's that. Um, Audio wise, I'm not, I I don't know, like it it doesn't really hold up there just because I think most like old soundtracks sound bad. So Mm -hmm. for me personally, I'd say it's on par with the time, probably superior to the time, but it's not my cup of tea. And then, yeah, visual style is the best it could do for the SNES at that time.
2: Cat by the way, that was... Yes, kind of Cat... I
1: was like, I wanted to say Catniss, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Hunger Games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's Hunger Games. Katniss ever <laughs> beat <my laughs>
2: you don't what about, what about you, Will? How did your, your retro review go?
3: Okay, so, first, I did remember my point, which okay. doesn't at all refute Greg's choice, which I think is an excellent choice, by the way, um... It's, uh, my point was all going to be, was going to be, uh, about, uh, gimmicky platforms. So for instance, uh, like a Wii, the Wii system, I don't know that you could call any Wii game that makes use of that controller a classic necessarily, because I feel like you're going to see that the utilization of that kind of, uh, controller just drop off the face of the earth at some point. Are you disparaging the good
1: name of Food Network Cooker Be Cooked? How <laughs> yeah, dare Is that man. on
0: the Wii? Like, is yes, it is, it yeah, is a I
1: real game cook. that I worked on and I demoed that at E3. And <laughs> I nice. had... you're like over there flipping
0: <laughs> eggs and shit? Like, I, I met Elton Brown you by accident <laughs> and didn't realize who it was.
2: <laughs> so
0: back to the point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No,
0: no, no, we're talking about Elton Brown now. You're, you're yeah. stuck.
3: <laughs> so... So, for instance, we mentioned Duck Hunt very early on. I don't know that we can call that a classic game because it relies on technology that is almost completely phased out now. Like, we don't use light guns for anything anymore. We don't have TVs that will work with that very well anymore. Um, Unfortunately, that game is just going to die. I don't know that it can maintain classic status if it's just totally dead. That's
0: actually a good yeah uh go ahead no i'm just saying that that's
2: a really good point because i mean i feel like to really maintain the classic status you have to be able to go back and replay it somehow some way uh but i don't know i mean i don't know
0: like what if vr what if vr is like the actually the thing of the future do you just like toss out like Years and years of uh, Xbox and PS4 controlled games. I mean, I don't know if exactly. that's... I exactly. Mean, I I agree with your
3: point there, Will. That yeah, it's like that that light gun sort of
2: mechanic. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know that,
0: don't really that you can out. say
3: that about like console gaming with like a full on controller. Like that <laughs> has been the mainstay for decades now. So we can't call yes. that like flash in a pan, but like light gun technology, it's flash in the pan. We're talking about motion control, specifically like the Wii. That's flash in the pan.
2: I don't know. I don't know anymore yeah, actually. I, I'm starting to disagree because I'm thinking like the, the whole purpose is not necessarily that you have to have – the the tools have to maintain like the actual hardware has to maintain throughout these years. It's the fact that if you were to go back and play using the light gun, using you know that system – would it still be enjoyable? Will it still maintain and hold that same i guess playability engrossment that narrative the audio the the sound for that generation when it was a classic or when it was you know you know coming into creation or, or was created will that maintain i think and I think that that's, that's a, that alone is what can you know verify or validate? validify is that a word validate a validate. classic, classic. <laughs> yeah. no nope,
3: it is. Valid- <laughs> They're just, like, mushing stuff on the end. That's that's actually Um, a a very good point.
0: No, yeah, well, but I I do agree with you, Will, though, that, like, you know, you risk your game's, I guess, ability to become a classic if you're going to prop it up on only some niche technology, you know? It's like... Yeah, you know, like like a you know, early VR games like that nobody cared about or heard of 'cause the tech was early and, you know, it just didn't quite work the way it does now. And heck, even VR games right now I think are in a danger of like, you know, hey, you may make a decent one, but if you tie your horse to this you know, or you tie your cart to this horse that just never like really gets up and going, then, you know, are you still a classic or are you just just like, hey, you're this like, um, like abnormality in the system just because of this one particular yeah. variable. Is so. it a
2: game or a tech demo at that point? Yeah, exactly.
1: Right, yeah.
2: But, but okay, here's here's an argument. So say if, if I think because technology change, changes so rapidly, I think there could be a case where there isn't a really good game that's really enjoyable that basically holds true to all of our criteria, but then that technology like the light gun or like VR or like even touchscreen could go out of out of, I guess, the popular... I guess out of what is popular, and then does that those games that were so great does that fade from classic status just because technology has moved on beyond that? Even like even we we go back to old computer games or you know something really old. I I think the just because technology moves on doesn't necessarily mean that. And I think I do agree, agree with you that you do limit your ability to become a classic, but. If your game does really do well when it comes out for the platform it's in, using the quote-unquote gimmicky technology that it uses, I they'll think it, the potential to become a plastic is there.
1: So I think okay. there's actually a... a... A counter argument there, but it kind of requires almost like a little thought experiment, which is basically like, would this game be fun without this piece of technology? Right, because you can actually play Duck Hunt with an NES controller, yeah, it and it is, is fucking hard and it's <laughs> stupid, and I don't know why anybody would put themselves through that. And along the same lines, right, you wouldn't probably boot up DDR to play with a controller, right? If you're just trying to beat DDR with a controller, you're you're kind of a dick, right? Like there's that's just unacceptable behavior. Like play the fucking game you're supposed to. You're supposed to right like
0: <laughs> well you know I like I, I do agree that uh, I think uh, somebody mentioned that you know it can definitely enhance it like sort of the opposite end of what you're saying is Resident Evil 4 was a solid game just on a controller but I uh, actually I experienced it only on the Wii uh, using the uh, the Wii Mote and the nunchuck or whatever And that was actually pretty nice because, I mean, like my normal movement, that wasn't a fast game, so I could kind of like peter around the world very easily. And then my aiming was so much more smoother with that, you know, just actually one-to-one pointing at what I wanted to shoot at. Um, But, you know, Resident Evil 4 did not require that experience to be good because it was pretty much critically, and from everyone I've talked to, one of the better Resident Evil games (laughs)
3: made, so. Right. Did we get the Will's? Did we... No, we did no, not. We did not. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, I brought that up and started a whole thing. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, now you know get the Will. floor again. All right. Yeah. Um, just to reiterate, Greg's choice, Chrono Trigger, is really great. Um, I think that definitely holds up as classic. I mean, I don't know how you, uh, Ryan, and you, a feel about that one specifically.
0: Uh, oof. I honestly, I'm going to be honest and say I have not, I did not play Chrono Trigger. I played like some of the earlier Final Fantasies, but that one I just never got to. Why somehow. am I talking to you? Yeah. So <laughs> you guys can, <laughs> see,
1: <laughs> they have a, they have a great mobile port on uh, i'm pretty sure it's both platforms, oh, but it is a, it is a paid game. It's, it's premium content, I'm fine but with that. it is, it is a great port of the system or of the, of the yeah, of by the, the way, game. Like,
0: yeah, I, I never put that caveat on, like, you know, a port to mobile. Like, yeah, I know mobile gaming, this is a whole other conversation. It's like, oh, it costs something to download. Oh, my God, you know. All right. But, you know, <laughs> if it's if it's an actual decent game that's a, an experience, yeah, I'll, I'll pay a few bucks up front.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. anyway. Back to Will. Okay. Yeah, it's, Stop uh, bringing
3: uh, <laughs> up new conversations. Sorry, sorry. Uh, okay, so the one I chose is kind of in the same vein of Greg's. I went with uh, a favorite of mine, which is Mega Man 2. Um, Mega Man. And honestly, in my opinion, that's probably the strongest one. I think a lot of people will argue with me that uh, Mega Man X was a lot better. But I think Mega Man 2 was the game that kind of set that franchise on the path to being what it is, uh, what it is revered as. I won't say what it is today because today it's not very great. But. Um, Back then, I mean, we had a lot of platformers that seemed to be most people's bread and butter was their platformer, that or their RPGs. And uh, what I noticed that that, looking back in that time, not a lot of thought was going into stage design and platforming. I think a lot of thought was more on character and it was more on uh, development of powers and things like that. And you had that in Mega Man. In Mega Man 2, there was so much more focus on the actual design of levels and guiding the player and teaching them how you actually interact with the world a little bit. Uh, For instance, there was the stage for uh, Quick Man. Uh, Quick Man, in that stage, you will die. If you've never played that level before, you will die in the first 10 seconds, guaranteed. There is no chance of someone never playing Mm -hmm. that before and getting through that unscathed. Um, the same with Heatman, there's a section where, uh, platforms come in and out of view, and you have to kind of like jump in time with those things. Um, that's another level that you're never going to beat on the first try. So it's a lot of trial and error, which honestly, I feel like a lot of games weren't pushing that at the time. Um, you kind of had, you definitely had like difficulty levels. I mean, games back then I feel were a little harder though, I guess, considering that's when I grew up, it'd be very easy for me to say that.
0: Uh. <laughs> oh no! So, so it was kind of like teaching you through the challenge exactly. of it. It's Like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And I feel like or it was the first a reinforcement. <laughs>
3: yeah, it was the first game I felt that really utilized uh, level design. Not that I was conscious of that at the time, but you know, looking back now, um, it's one of the most one of the strongest games I feel that's been a uh, driving force for level designers probably everywhere. Did you have well, a favorite so- level in that game? Uh, it was definitely Quickman's man was a lot of fun (laughs) what was the mechanic that would kill you so fast so um, when you're dropping down through because it's the only level that starts completely vertical Uh uh, you drop down to a platform and then you there's a one opening in the in the floor on the on that first stage area you drop down and that's when these beams of light keep streaming across the screen and if you touch them they dot you die they don't give you any forewarning, they don't give you any kind of thought that something like that's going to happen. So you drop down the next platform and that beam of light hits you, you're gone instantly. <laughs> and as you oh, you're like okay, cool. I learned now if I don't if, if I sit there I'm going to die. So you drop down, move off that platform real quick, drop down to the next one and then you die again because another beam of light <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's teaching you okay I have to be very fast this level I cannot wait around to figure out what I'm doing I just have to go go go.
2: Right on. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, that's interesting. So so you think for sure that, you know, I guess if you we harken back to the criteria I guess, and what we defined as our classic game that Mega Man 2 held true and is still as replayable as it was, still as enjoyable as it was. Mm-hmm.
3: I do. I mean, Sweet. for instance, one of the things it does very well, uh, as far as usability is concerned, is it teaches you how to play the game without a tutorial whatsoever. Oh, okay. And uh, you learn more mechanics and you learn more uses for your character throughout the game without them ever saying, "Oh, here's this. This is how you use this." It just gives you things and you go.
2: Cool. All right, quick, uh, quick game. I'm gonna rattle off a bunch of old games, and you let me know if it's a classic. Uh, <laughs> was using gimmicky or is just, you know, or not a classic. Okay. These are, okay, quick game. Super Mario Bros. Classic. 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 D- Duck Hunt?
3: Classic. Uh, Classic-ish. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah,
0: there, I don't see any speed runs for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not necessarily any of our qualifications for this, but no.
2: uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Halo. Classic. Yes. Doc. Classic. Portal. Not a classic.
3: classic. That I one's tough. T- I want to say yes, but I honestly feel like no. Um,
2: or is it no because of the developer was by, or like what makes it a no?
1: So for me, it's not a classic because I don't, like, they made an interesting game with a, a interesting concept in the sense that you had, it, it was an FPS, or it was a puzzle game that was posed as an FPS, right? That's essentially what Portal is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Honestly, that's it. The the gimmick and the puzzles are a one time through thing, and in my opinion, it's just a different version of Tetris. Uh, additionally, I was working in QA when that game was incredibly popular, and I heard the cake is a lie about I don't know seventy billion times. So, <laughs> pretty much everything about Portal makes me want to strangle everyone. And then because Will knows this, he bought that damn GLaDOS song on Rock Band, and boy did I hear that a bunch. Oh yeah. <laughs> I it was, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: So. bring it back around to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So I think well, the reason cool. I would say no about it, actually, though, is mm-hmm. it's it was a very cool like tech demo thing for me, and I thought it was very interesting. I did not see the industry kind of follow suit with that example. So you didn't mm-hmm. see a lot of first person shooters go back and be like, "Oh man, we got to put a lot more puzzles in our games." Nobody followed suit with that. Gotcha. Well, so,
0: but, yeah, but, that, that that happens somewhat. I mean, there there are some people still trying stuff out with that, though. So, yeah. like, Titanfall Two has a me- like sort of a time travel mechanic where it's kind of portally, where you're like, oh, I'm wall running and I've got to move between the present and the past to sort of actually find terrain I can traverse. So, um, kind
3: of that is cool, actually.
0: Yeah, and that's just, but that's just kind of a one-off. Maybe you know, maybe they aren't really embracing that. But do you also think that something like, say, a game like Firewatch, like in Maybe this is going a little too far afield, but do you think that could ever be a classic? Because that's definitely a, considered just to be a one-time playthrough experience, like you know the walking simulators. Hey, we want this. It's almost like a movie. We want this narrative told to you in an interactive environment. Have at it.
1: Well, I think that if if we see a, a large amount of games coming out and following suit, right, where they are essentially like, because my thought on Firewatch was when I saw you playing it, it was kind of like, oh shit, this is like what modern day Mist is, right? So like, Mist mm-hmm. was that weird kind of puzzle game where you just walked around didn't do much, right? Like, you, you kind of had to figure out what the hell was going on, another game without a tutorial, that you're just supposed to figure stuff out. And so, if we see that trend keep growing in the industry, then Firewatch could become a classic in the sense that it was the one that spawned all this. Like, the first Black Sabbath album isn't very good, but man, it kicked off a whole lot of music. So... I mean, like, there's always room for, for, like, the originators and predecessors to become classics based on what happens. Uh, I haven't heard anything negative about Firewatch besides it's relatively short. So, I mean, it it could very well become a classic. (laughs) I haven't played it myself.
2: Gotcha. Right on. Cool. Interesting discussion because we're going to jump right into just being able or talking about the future
1: of classics or classic future
2: predictions. Yeah. Uh, But I want to give, like, three more games and let me know if they're classics or not classics. All right uh borderlands not a classic uh not a classic uh, interesting man, no uh gran turismo classic
1: classic, classic. Uh, uh gran turismo one or like the the franchise
2: uh, let's stick oh, with interesting. Well, well, that's
0: kind of a caveat, right? Because we're so, going yeah, back that's, earlier, that's talking our... about how a, you could have a classic within a franchise, yeah. and couldn't be hurt by the other ones. But yeah, do you wrap that whole thing up?
2: <laughs> let's just let's just say the game, the the title, the Grand Turismo One.
3: Uh, then probably not a classic because yeah, I don't uh, even remember that one.
1: Gran Turismo okay. Two was
3: the one that got really huge, right? Yeah, that's, no, yeah, that's the one that got me too. Oh, it was three.
1: Gran Turismo 3, because Gran Turismo 2 was PS1, I want to say, and uh, Gran right, Turismo right. 3 was, PS2, was the PS2 right. one, and I'm pretty sure it was the one oh. that was like three and a half years in development, and then five was like 10 years in development, but, um, but yeah, like, three was the one that had like, uh, like, reintroduce the idea of endurance races that you actually had to race for 24 hours, which led to people like, like turning, like, like turning their TVs off and leaving their consoles on. It caused consoles to overheat. And I mean, like you have to love a game and it has to have an effect and an impact on you. If you're willing to leave your fucking console on overnight so that you don't lose your place in the stupid Le Mans 24 hour race so that you get that (laughs) formula one car and beat a whole bunch of challenges.
2: Interesting. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Actually (laughs) Two, (laughs) two more games, though. two more games. Uh, Medal of
0: Honor. Ooh. Uh, Don't remember that one very well. I want to oh, yeah. say yeah, actually.
1: I think, okay, I'm pretty sure yes, because I'm relatively certain <laughs> it was the first game to use dual analog controls on the console, so, which is like the industry standard now. So I'm not 100%. That wasn't Halo? Right. I'm not sure. Did Halo come first and do that?
2: No, uh, I, don't I, I, know. I think Medal of Honor be. was but definitely. Medal of Honor
3: was first, actually.
2: First. But but then again, we get in our whole argument about whether this is just innovation alone right, is what's going to make fair. this thing.
1: Seeing as how I don't remember much about the rest of the game and I remember liking Halo better, I'll go no. Nope. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
2: and final one is The Sims.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't play much of it, but I could see it being a classic, yeah.
2: Okay, you know, my little that little game was actually a segue to this whole discussion about whether we are even in a position to make such presi- predictions about what game can or cannot be a classic, especially these games that we say, you know, you know, I didn't really play that much or you know, I didn't hear that much about it or you know, did this cool trick, but it, it's kind of it brings into question like what like what gives us or what how can we even, I guess, justify a classic, especially in our generation, like games that are coming out in our generation right now. uh, And, you know, how are we, I guess that's just open for discussion. Like how are we able to make such positions or can we even? Um, I mean, honestly,
3: one of the things I've, I've struggled with, and I've actually thought about this a lot recently is whether or not mobile games will ever be able to have a classic status So, for instance, like, there's no question that Candy Crush has had a huge impact on the mobile industry. Like, it has set forth the models for how companies design their games. It has kind of set the tone for monetization and how that stuff works. And on top of that, regardless of what you want to say, as far as match threes go, it's pretty good. So... Here's the problem with that, though, and you know how mobile games work: is that when they stop making money and they stop having that user base, they're gone. The game is shut down; they don't support it anymore, and you'll never see it again.
2: But can the same be argued over console and PC games? I don't think so, because one of the caveats we mentioned earlier was that,
3: yeah, sure, if the game if you literally can't go back and play the game, then there's no way to kind of like pass on that legacy, and I think that applies here with mobile is that you can never really pass on that legacy if the game is gone. See, well, but I I
1: don't, guess, uh, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead, Greg. No, okay. Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> so I guess <laughs> – uh, Well, guess well so. thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, you're welcome.
2: <laughs> My southern hospitality. <laughs> you are, you are even, too kind. we're you're on, on the West Coast.
1: I'm fanning myself right now. <laughs> anyway, um, um, I think that you could argue though that uh, in, in the sense that like um, – you can't buy a Game Boy cartridge or game very easily anymore, or even a regular Game Boy, but you certainly can download the emulators. The APKs exist for these games, right? So mm-hmm. if you wanted to play Candy Crush against nobody with yourself, uh, you totally could, you not know, not necessarily like,
3: true because it might require the server.
1: It might, but I'm sure you like somebody, if there's a passionate enough fan base, somebody will figure out a way, or honestly, like you could probably figure it. Like, I don't know. I'm feel like that's something that could be figured out on your end. Um, I think that, really, you could probably get these games to play in any other way. And I I do see your point about, like, if this is a temporary experience, like, literally temporary, you can never play it again. Does it make it a classic? Um, Like, I don't know. I don't know that that necessarily disqualifies anything, because one of the criteria isn't the idea of being able to go back and put your hands actually on it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like we don't have, like, Beethoven's, like, original score, but we can still hear recordings of it, you know? And that's a pretty shit example, because I'm really struggling to find a better one right now. But, I mean, if if every it's, copy it's of Pulp Fiction... Dark.
3: This is every, a very video game unique thing. It really yeah. is.
1: I, well,
0: I just, yeah, I guess for a lot of, a lot of like, I guess it de- depends on what you're looking at. I mean, like, seriously, like, would I go back and play a match three, like, Candy Crush, or, like, something like Clash Royale, or pokemon go it's like i just don't ever see returning to that like if i just handed that to somebody without the social engagement because so many of these modern mobile games are about that i just don't like if everyone wasn't doing it i don't see why anyone would do it you know what i mean and like you know it's like i just i I, and the way the mechanics are designed are just more to like you know sort of these feedback loops of like leveling up and self-improvement and they I, I, I don't know. I, think, I just I just don't see them working as well that way.
2: I I, I kind of disagree because I I think what we're what we're kind of missing is the technology changes or the context switch from you know PC from console to mobile, and eventually now to VR. And I think with mobile there's a context switch. So how we play games on mobile is different than how we play games on console and uh, and on. What's the PC? So I feel like, um, you know, that that saying, you know, if I'm not going to even even with console and PC, we're not always like when you play a game, I really I really go back and play a game after I've played it already. I don't like two months later, usually find myself playing that game again once I've beaten it, even if it is a classic game like Halo. I mean, I play it for a while, maybe play it for a month or a couple of months. But I don't eventually I don't always go back. And I feel like people have been playing Pokemon Go for more than a month or more than five months or you know, for however long it's been out and probably still play it. Even the same thing is true for like Clash Royale or even Candy Crush or Temple Runs. You know, they, they've been playing these games consistently for a very long time, even longer than some people play, you know, PC games. So I, I think the context switch, you have to take into account just because we're not playing it, you know, for, you know, 24 hours straight doesn't necessarily mean this game is not a great game. Right, right. But that's not really
3: the point I was making. Like, the point I was making is, so, you know, we mentioned Legacy, right? You know, at some point, you know, if these games don't exist, then we're gonna hit a point where there's not a whole lot of people that actually remember playing some of these games. They don't exist anymore, but we're gonna have to expect people to take our word for it. Oh, well, that was a classic. Like, you'll never get to know, but it was a classic.
0: Yeah, and Maybe it's an again going back to the sort of like maybe societal cultural impact has something to do with it too because I like I agree with you Abina in that yes this this is a genre switch with mobile games it's been happening for years and you know it's just a different way to present a game but. I just can't imagine any of the games we've discussed on mobile putting it next to like Half Life Two or Halo and being like, Oh no, that that's a comparable classic or Mario Brothers. It's but like, then again given uh, Super Mario Run, I'm like this is not as fun as Mario Brothers. But
2: then again, I think we're also missing is the age and gen- gen- generation we're coming from. We're also not oh, part of this I'm generation. Old. This, is true. this is true. Yeah, we're not part of this generation that's that super loves like Minecraft, Pokemon Go, Clash of Clans. We're not part of this mobile generation. We're part of that console, Nintendo SNES. Sega Saturn, even you know we're part of that generation. So you're saying this
1: is like a, one of those things where we turn on like the new music station and we're like, oh, what are the
2: kids? Yeah, what is this new crap? Like, oh, I these kids hate are it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, Maybe yeah, I think, be,
3: yeah. That I mean, I think that's kind of what it is. Point. That's a very solid point. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, th- no. I think we're it's a different generation, different context. That's what I think. That, that's kind of my point about whether we, we're in a position to make predictions about a future classic. So because I think, I think that may be a retro thing or something that well, happens retroactively.
0: Yeah, I I guess, but I guess I can make maybe predictions within a realm I'm familiar with. Like, I think the Dark Souls series will go down as a classic because it kind of took, like, these new mechanics and sort of like with uh, Will's point to Mega Man, like, showing you, hey, we're going to punish you and make you feel... Like, there's no tutorial to these things. It's just like, you'll fucking figure it out or you'll die a lot, and Mm -hmm. that's fine to die a lot. And even, like, Super Meat Boy, that's fine to die a lot, but, you know, it's... like, But I mean, even outside of that dying lot mentality, it's like the level design of these games and the mechanics and the combat and, you know, the story, like, well, some of them the stories. But, you know, it's like I, I feel like I can identify, like, in the genre I grew up with. Yeah, these things are going to stick around. And I could definitely tell somebody, hey, go play D- Dark Souls 1 through 3 and you'll be happy. You know, mm-hmm. I- any one of those. So. Well,
2: what about everything Blizzard makes? Classic? Everything? I don't know. Well, that. not everything like <laughs> wow StarCraft I mean, wow you
1: just named why not. StarCraft 2 is hot garbage. I feel like they did it to themselves <laughs> and they absolutely Tell that kill. to Dan. They killed that entire franchise, in my opinion. Uh, they, they swiftly and, and very effectively like killed everything that was cool about Kerrigan and Raynor and all these mm-hmm. other characters. And so, because of that, I can't co sign everything. Also, they did make the uh, Cataclysm and Pandaren expansions for a while, and those are both awful. Uh, well,
2: those are, those are like the sequels that we don't really care yeah. about, there, right?
1: Uh, and then, I don't know, like, I wasn't a fan of Diablo 3, but I do understand that it has regained a lot of its steam, but, I I don't know, that's my, that's one area where I'll say I'm definitely, like, the old man, I put a ton of time in Diablo 2, so Mm -hmm. for Diablo 3 to even not slightly live up to my expectations, I was like, nope, garbage, done with it, kids these days, and their games, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and then I went back to doing my thing, but on the flip side, Overwatch is fucking amazing, and so, um... Yeah, it's kind of, like, I don't know that it'll go down as, like, a classic classic in the FPS realm, but it is definitely, like, an interesting and, like, really good effort from them.
0: Actually, I'll defend their mobile game is uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone. I oh, I love Hearthstone. Now, great, granted, like, and I've talked to Trevor about this and gotten some arguments with him on it, um, or some deba- debates, I should say. It's like, you know, that started off on PCs and you know stuff like that, but I mean, it translated to mobile very well to the point you're seeing. Other things, you'd sort of this card mechanic in the, like again like Clash Royale, and I'm recently sort of uh, Force Arena and things oh, like yeah. that, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And I I think it translates very well. Even Magic started putting their like Wizards of the Coast started putting their stuff there. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess for Blizzard, yeah, Hearth, Hearthstone is a great implementation of that. I'll put money into that all day, and I'll tell people, hey, remember Hearthstone? That was a fun game, kind of like I do with Magic. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. Sweet. Well, I think this was an excellent discussion. Actually, can I
3: can I do one more thing? Oh yeah, I ahead. want to bring up the game that actually inspired this discussion between me and Greg, mm-hmm. and why we wanted to question this, and that's GoldenEye.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> that's a good point. The yeah. main discussion really was: does a, do all classic games hold up? Like, can you go back and have that kind of same experience and Feel like it's rewarding, and to be honest, I I'm not going to totally speak for Greg, but I feel like he agrees with me on this. Goldeneye does not hold up whatsoever.
1: Yep. If you loved that game when you were a teenager or whatever, and you were playing the hell out of it, don't do it now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I think the big problem there. Dark. Yeah, the big problem there is that. That specific genre has advanced so far and comes yeah, yeah. so had so many changes and implementations of new features that are so mm-hmm. commonplace with all of them now to go back to that one specifically and realize you can't even fucking look up
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you you're getting into you're you're in doom territory yeah, at that point. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: I agree. Cool. I forgot you could. I totally forgot you
2: couldn't look up. That <laughs> yeah, you have to like jump and shoot. It yeah. was funny. For the time, it was amazing. It was, amazing oh, wow. and
3: it was really fun. But trying to go back and actually play that now and experience it the way you did as a kid, you just can't. Yeah. Oh
2: man, yeah, I can imagine. I think
1: See? to add one last little point onto our our final point there uh, or our second to final point, I guess which uh, was obina's uh our penultimate about, point can we can we actually call anything a classic? I think that when something gets big enough to be lampooned by um popular culture and and other mediums that Mm -hmm. it it does have some sort of lasting legacy. So, something like Angry Birds, while uh, it might not be playable in the future, right? I actually don't know if original Angry Birds still exists. I assume people still play it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's had so many permutations. I can go to a candy store and find Angry Birds candy. They made an Angry Mm -hmm. Birds movie. I'm pretty sure there's a South Park episode about Angry Birds. Like It's put a stamp on cultural context. So, there's a pretty decent chance that it will at least be remembered as more than a footnote. And, I, like, yeah. whether or not it's a classic really depends on where mechanics like that go from there. But, you know, like, it, it's kind of hard to say that no mobile game could potentially be a classic because just because it might not exist anymore. Right. Um, yeah, because these things do, like, you know, like... JFK is a classic movie, uh, not only because, like, it talks about, like, a historical event and has some conspiracy theories behind it, but, I mean, like some of the best comedy television episodes have JFK references. And like Seinfeld's JFK episode was freaking amazing. And that's how, you know, like you've made a mark with a piece of art is other art is talking about it.
2: Yeah.
0: Art imitating art. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Fair point.
2: Thank you. That was a great point and nice way to wrap up the episode. Uh, thanks again, Greg and Will for joining us on this amazing episode. Yeah, Thanks for uh, having us. Thank you. Is there? Do you guys want to shout out your Twitter website, hashtag Sneapit Show, or anything Sell you guys yourselves. talk about? <laughs> before uh, you know share with our listeners to contact you or reach out to you
1: yeah you can check us out at facebook.com slash sneebert show um, we don't have any new content up right now but we are coming back soon but we we do have content coming up so please check us out and uh, go back and listen to some of our old episodes you could hear us being varying degrees of either pretentious or obnoxious we don't really have any other mode so <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh and just He's to right. just to point out it's s-n-e-a-b-e-r-t that's oh, all right on. i was about to ask you about that yeah.
2: <laughs> perfect all right thanks again greg and will and we will see you guys next time and tomorrow yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> bye <laughs>